Welcome. This is so much more than gender. Welcome. This is Erin Swenson for so much more than gender. Welcome today. Today is a very, very special day for me because October the 22nd, 25 years ago today, one quarter of a century, 25 years ago today, my ordination was upheld by the Presbytery of Greater Atlanta, my ordination as a Presbyterian minister, which had been in place since 1973 and was placed into some, uh, some jeopardy um, when I went through a gender transition, was upheld by the Presbytery of Greater Atlanta on October the 22nd. The news story uh, was published in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution the next morning in an article by John Blake, a staff writer for the journal, and he says this, The Presbytery of Greater Atlanta ended a tense theological standoff Tuesday when it narrowly voted to allow a transsexual Presbyterian minister to retain her ordination. The Presbytery, the local governing body for the Presbyterian Church, USA, voted 186 to 161 to allow the Reverend Aaron Swenson, formerly known as Eric, to retain her ordination. As the vote was announced, Swenson, who attended the meeting at Shalliford Presbyterian Church, closed her eyes in relief. Several people applauded. That was 25 years ago, and it was certainly not a foregone conclusion. Um, the question of my ordination had been hanging over the presbytery for a year and a half, uh, ever since I requested a name change to my current name, Aaron Katrina Swenson, and, um, and it, it threw the presbytery into something of a tizzy. By the summer of 1996, um, many things had happened. Um, my main concern about my ordination had been my insurance for myself and my daughter, Lara. By the way, Lara is joining me on this, on this broadcast uh, by FaceTime. Uh, she is my studio audience, um, and she's here watching me do this. Um, anyway, it, um, Lara and I uh, were really pretty much uninsurable from a medical and health perspective, and my insurance was through the Presbyterian Church and was connected uh, to my ordination. So I could not lose my ordination. That was most important to me. Um, the, the committee working with me tried very hard uh, to, um, to get some kind of insurance for us that would uh, satisfy me and allow me to surrender my credentials. And uh, by the summer of 1996, I was no longer willing to do that. It had been about a year since I had met Ida. Ida was an old transgender woman who met me at the Majestic, kind of a greasy spoon here in Atlanta. And Ida and I spoke for a long time, and I, I welcomed her and, and said how wonderful it was that we were part of the Presbyterian Church. And Ida... Ida spoke truth to me. She said, oh, but I'm not a Presbyterian. And I said, why, Ida? You love the Presbyterian Church. They love you. And she said, oh, I didn't think God wanted me to join the church. 
You know, because of who I am. That's why, that's why it was so important when I read the newspaper and saw that there was a Presbyterian minister who was like me. I immediately knew that she was talking about the fact that she was transgender and somehow she had gotten the idea that God really did not want transgender people as a part of the church. Ida gave me a call. I believe that God was speaking through her that day, telling me that I had a purpose more than just providing insurance for my family or counseling to therapy clients, that I had something else to do, and it has to do with love. In the summer of 1996, all of that sort of consolidated at the same time that I got word back from the committee that things were going badly for me. The committee had to make its report to the presbytery in October at the regular stated meeting. And, um, and Bill Adams, the presbytery executive, called me one day and reported that things were going badly in the committee that they had been taking straw votes on my ordination for several months, and that as time has gone by, uh, that, um, that the, um, the vote was going more and more against my ordination, and that I should expect a, uh, a negative result from the committee uh, come, uh, come Presbytery meeting. Uh, this, this was terrible news for me because it meant in my quest to retain my ordination because I now had a kind of a new call uh, that my ordination meant something to me as transgender and it meant something to other people as transgender. Um, I couldn't just surrender my ordination. On the other hand, I could not lose my, my insurance. So both of those things were true and things were looking pretty dismal. Um, I, I decided that the only thing to do uh, was to uh, meet with every member of the committee. There were, I think, 16 of them at the time. Um, and during the next month, before the, before the committee met, um, I managed uh, to actually meet in person with 14 of the committee members. We sat down um, together. It, uh, the meetings occurred everywhere. They were in, uh, they were in restaurants, they were in, uh, in offices, they were in kitchens, in homes, they were in living rooms, on patios. We had the meetings everywhere, but it was always one-on-one, -on -one, me with the committee member, and we were talking about ordination and gender and my life and my work. Um, it worked because um, the committee, when it finally met uh, early in September... Um, actually voted unanimously. The two people I didn't meet with um, decided that they would uh, not participate, so they abstained from voting, which meant that the 14 members left voted unanimously, unanimously to uphold my ordination, uh, to, to actually change my name on the role of presbytery, which was the simple request that I had made a year and a half before, um, and that they were going to report this out to the, to the Presbytery on its October 22nd meeting. October 22nd, 1996 became a special date for me. You might remember it if you're old enough, if you're over, <laughs> if you're over 30 or so, you might remember uh, the Macarena 
which uh, on October the 22nd was the number one chart offering uh, for music. The Macarena grew out of the 1996 Olympics that had been held in Atlanta um, and which uh, probably saved me from a lot of negative publicity because there was a lot of uh, media attraction to the bombing in Olympic in Centennial Olympic Park here in Atlanta, and um, and that that probably saved me from uh, from exposure that I really didn't want. Um, the World Series uh, had had just finished on the twenty second, and it resulted in in of course the sad thing that the Yankees. Um, beat the Atlanta Braves in the World Series in 1996 by a score of four to two. Four games to two, Atlanta lost. Um, Atlanta's doing better this year. Um, we, are, we are in the National East, uh, East um, Champion, no, the National League Championship Series, and we are ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers three to two. So uh, we can win it tomorrow night uh, in, at Atlanta Stadium. So go Braves! Um, that would make a great that would make a great uh, finish to my celebration. Anyway, um, I, I have to tell you that uh, I learned many things throughout this process. The first thing I learned was that I could love myself. I learned that from the people who loved me. Uh, when I was finally able to be honest about who I was, I discovered that my family really did love me, that it wasn't conditional, that my, that my spouse, Sigrid, and my two daughters, Inga and Lara, who, who is here in the audience with me, um, uh, both could continue to love me, and it continued. My co-workers, my friends... Many, many people in the Presbytery of Greater Atlanta, after I finally came out and before the Presbytery made its decision, uh, expressed uh, love for me and assured me uh, that I was part of this community. That was an amazing thing to learn. The second thing was that I could be effective in advocating for myself, that I really needed to speak up and speak out and talk to people about who I was and who I am. I think therein is the message that sort of controlled the next 25 years to today. One, that being transgender is no reason for self-hatred. Being transgender is a reason to understand that you belong to the beautiful diversity of God's creation, and that therefore, uh, your space, your place among all of us, should be honored and esteemed. That's been part of my ministry for all of these years. The second thing is that you can be effective in advocating for yourself. That when we can speak up and speak out, particularly when we can speak out of our own sense of love for not only ourselves, but the people around us, the one the ones who, who love us. Um, we, can, we can affect great change in the world. So I want to leave that with you today. Thank you for listening to this broadcast. I hope you will continue because we're going to talk more with other transgender people about their success in life and some of the things that they have done uh, in the world uh, to, uh, to both 
express how uh, proud they can be of themselves and the work they can do, and uh, how much they can be effective in speaking with other people and letting them know how important they are in this world. Know yourself um, that you are important to me and to this broadcast. Thank you and goodbye. So much more than gender is about the actual lives of people who are transgender and gender non-conforming. The point is to present the real lives of the TGNC community. Some of us are exceptional in one way or another. Most of us are ordinary in most ways. All of us are human in every way. So the series presents both my story and the stories of many others in the TGNC community. Thanks for listening. If you would like to communicate with us, our email address is so much more at erinswenson.com. That is so much more, no spaces, no periods, at erinswenson.com. Thank you for now.